Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. We have a wonderful guest on today that is going to be talking all about hitting. So for our weekly insight, we wanted to highlight the specific visual skills that are important to hit. So first and foremost, you need to be able to see clearly its visual acuity. Now, not only static visual acuity, but dynamic visual acuity. So being able to see clearly with head in motion, body in motion, things in motion. We did a whole episode with Dr. Smithson on dynamic visual acuity, if you want to learn a little bit more about what that means. Additionally, you need to have really fantastic depth perception. So ability to see things accurately in space. And that really goes into the next skill, which is eye-hand coordination, right? Your eye has to pick up where things are in space and then accurately make a body movement to respond to where that thing is in space, specifically for hitting where that ball is. So the uh, first three visual skills that are really, really important in hitting are visual acuity, depth perception, and eye-hand or visual motor coordination. Yeah, additionally, some other skills that you may may not necessarily come right to the forefront of your mind when you think about hitting, but are really important when it comes to your vision are things like central peripheral awareness, because as a hitter, you have to really obviously be focused on that ball coming at you <laughs> and what you're going to do about it. Um, but you have to be aware of everything else happening on the field at the same time, especially the, the pitcher too. You have to really be aware of what's going on with the pitcher, not just watching the ball. Um, and this kind of ties into the area of visual attention too, like being able to you know, tune other things out and pay attention to what you need to, but not completely losing that other information, still being aware that, that it's there. Um, and then visualization is also so important. Just, you know, being able to picture yourself hitting the ball exactly where it needs to go and being having a really great successful hit, picturing that and being able to f- form that image in your mind can really, really help increase your game. I think we often take for granted how difficult hitting is because the people that we watch on TV are so good at it. Uh, but really, it, it, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of mechanics to be successful. And the visual piece of hitting is probably, from our perspective at least, the most important part to being a successful hitter. So we're going to be learning so much from Cassie today. Do you want to introduce her, Dr. L? Yeah. So now we are going to be joined by Cassie Ryla Bosha. She received her master's in biomechanics and bachelor's in exercise science. She is the founder of Softball Strength Academy and co-founder of Athletes Warehouse, where she is also their softball coordinator. Cassie is a certified strength and conditioning specialist and on-base youth certified hitting coach. Welcome to the podcast, Cassie. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to chat with you and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and how you found yourself deciding to found Athletes Warehouse. So I am, uh, my background is really in softball. I, I, that was my whole identity growing up was playing softball. Um, I then went to the University of Alabama to play. And upon graduating, I went to the University of Northern Iowa for my master's in biomechanics because that was, I thought, that was the only school in the country that was going to let me study the swing. Um, I was coaching at night to try to help uh, pay for grad school. And I realized 
what I was doing at night was actually more enjoyable than what I was doing during the day. So I tried to pursue a little bit more coaching and ended up meeting my now business partner, Nick Sirio, uh, on a break home and founded Athletes Warehouse, which is really a, supposed to be a platform for which young high school, middle school, college athletes can develop and grow in their sport, uh, not just from uh, one direction or one lens, but being able to kind of develop that athlete as the person and um, however else they want to grow in their life. Uh, so that's really what I've been doing for the last seven years now. It goes fast, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what sets Athletes Warehouse apart from other training facilities? Because I think that Athletes Warehouse has such a unique lens of how they treat their athlete. So what, what do you guys specifically focus on with them? I think it can be two different ways. I think one, we can go down one avenue and say that I think we have surrounded ourselves with good people and our coaches for as phenomenal of coaching, technical coaches they are, they're better people first. So I think when you have an environment where we are you know, accessing an athlete at that formidable age where they're trying to figure out their identity, where, where they, where does their mental health versus mental performance live? Uh, they have, they're surrounded by really great people and really great mentors. So I think that's potentially one aspect that we take a lot of pride in. The second one is we're, we're constantly saying, okay, this is the demand of the sport and what's going on in the field. Um, how do we, how do we help that athlete now? How do we help that human system? How do we help you uh, energy system-wise? How do we help you from a movement competency? How do we bulletproof your knee? Is it really coming from your breathing, which is affecting your hip? And, you know, we have chiropractors, massage therapists. Nick has his uh, doctorate in performance psychology. Um, we have a biomechanics background. We have so many different professionals that are able to look at this athlete that I think we are really trying to, uh, you know, from that technical standpoint, get to the nitty gritty and say, okay, this, this is going to be what kind of helps you. And I think it's fun for us, which hopefully then makes it fun for the athlete too. Yeah. I love that collaborative approach. I feel like Dr. Zolnicki and I really try to assess and manage our patients in a similar manner where we're not just looking at that visual piece. We're always trying to think outside the box and think of who else we can introduce to their management team or how we can try to incorporate other systems to make sure we're really treating our patients on a whole and not just focusing in on like the one skill that they, they need. Um, and I think really everyone benefits from management in that way when you're really trying to be collaborative and look at, at every piece to the puzzle. And we really want to delve in today and talk about, you know, visual skills and specifically with hitting because visual skills are so crucial to hitting properly. And when you think about it, vision is really the first piece, right? Because our eyes kind of have to lead our body and our hands to react properly because if you're not seeing things clearly or accurately where they are in space, how can you then react to them properly? So vision is so important. And I want to talk to you a little bit about how you kind of incorporate that into your assessment of your athletes and, and training of them too. For sure. Uh, and I'm so, this is what I'm so excited about because I think so many times it's very easy to focus on you know, looking at a uh, way someone moves and say, oh, they, they missed that ball, let's say, right? Everyone likes to look on the internet and nitpick a, a major league baseball player or something and saying, oh, they missed that ball because their back shoulder dipped or this happened with their front elbow or whatever it may be. And uh, so often it's uh, our eyes deceiving us really because our pitcher's main job is to try to de deceive a hitter. So again, you could have the most technically sound swing on the planet, um, but if you think that pitch is going to be here. You're going to tell your body how to, how to get there. And if it's, if it's moving in a different way or spinning in a different way. So not to get like too, too, uh, dive 
delved into that. I think one of the most common things I look at first is which eye is dominant for a hitter. And the reason I do that is because as a, I, I'm a left-handed batter. I want my right eye to be dominant. I want my eye that's closest to the pitcher to be dominant because if I'm in a position where I'm hitting here and I, I know this podcast is not, I don't think it's visual. So if I'm, if I'm in um, my actual batting stance, if I don't possess my cervical rotation in order to get both eyes on the pitcher, let's say this is my back eye and I'm a little tight, what my body will automatically do is get it involved for me a little bit more. And that slight head tilt that might happen is going to end up affecting what our front shoulder does. It's going to end up making it look like, hey, they're pulling off the ball when really it's just their body's way of compensating to try to get their more dominant eye to see the incoming pitch. Um, and I think that is rarely looked at. And I think it's so important because it impacts their entire approach to the ball then. Um, but I do see that a lot where, you know, people are just very unaware of what their dominant eye is and how powerful it could potentially be. Do you find that the appropriate eye dominance or is, is that what you usually find? Uh, it's the majority of the time that they're, they're a left-handed batter and the right eye is dominant for, or right-handed batter and left eye dominant. The thing in softball is, and, and this is, it's not as common. Baseball has a lot of opportunities for switch hitting uh, where it is advantageous to be able to bat from the left and the right side. That's not the case based because of the way the pitching is, is different. The underhand pitching doesn't give you that much of an advantage of being a lefty or a righty. However, uh, softball has a slap hitter. So there's a lot of times if you have a right-handed hitter who's 10, 11, 12, and starts to show a lot of promise and speed, they'll flip her over to the left-hander batter's box teacher had a slap lefty which is really like a crossover step you're kind of chopping the ball in play and you're taking off and trying to get to first base you're trying to cheat a single essentially so when I see that happen that's when the hitter all of a sudden has a uh, almost like a switch where they were right-handed they made them left-handed now their back eye is the dominant eye and they're starting to have again these compensations um, because when you they're essentially running at the ball as they're hitting it so when you talk about how much bounce like how careful, how steady you have to try to keep your head. I mean, that's your camera and your body's your tripod. You have to think about how, how sound that system has to be. So it, it is very interesting to see when, when they do switch over that difference. And if they do have like the wrong, not, not the wrong, but the more difficult eye being dominant, do you try to change that or do you adjust their swing and their head position to account for that? So we'll do a couple of things. We, and we kind of see where they're at uh, age-wise too, right? If they're a much older hitter and they're kind of coming in for a tweak and we see that being a major issue, um, we will do, we'll maybe start their stance a little bit open, meaning their front foot will be further back. And that allows just an easier time with their, their back eye to, to come into play. Um, and even honestly, even if that front eye is dominant and they are still a little tilted or really tight in their neck, that's sometimes it's obviously better to be able to look at with two eyes straight ahead instead of a little crooked or to the side. So we'll sometimes open up the front foot a little bit, or um, if they're a little bit younger and we have the time to progress it, there are some, uh, we'll talk to our, one of our chiropractors who's on staff about just some neck strengthening exercises. Why is that one side so tight in the first place? Like, why are we really limited? You know, try to get to the bottom of, of maybe that issue first. Um, even people who have had uh, shoulder issues. So Again, a left-handed batter is typically a left-handed thrower. If their left shoulder is, is tight or again, athletes are not the best movers or really good compensators, right? We're going to find a way to get the job done in, in a different way. Um, it, we'll try to address why is that even an issue in the first place? So that's usually, that's at least the path that we'll end up going on. 
So interesting. And then um, what else in your assessment of your hitters are you looking at in terms of their visual skills or how they're using their eyes when they're hitting the ball? Sure. So the next thing that I'll take a look at, um, and again, again, this depends on age. If we have a really young kid who's kind of just getting involved in the sport, you don't want to overcomplicate technique. There's still a fun aspect that needs to be involved, but um, there's a certain age where we need to assess if the hitter is only able to see a ball move in space or if they can start to pick up spin. And really at what speed do they start to not be able to see spin? You know, some hitters um, come in and they're like, yeah, the ball is actually just kind of like a blur. And I usually tell them they should go get their eyes tested right away because there is, um, it's, and it, again, it's not our body. Our body is never going to be in a position where we're going to say, Oh, the ball is spinning that way. That means it's a curveball. That means my body has to do this. If anything, it's just going to be that little alarm that goes off in your head. Same thing when a running back decides to go right instead of left, there's something that he's seeing. Right. So we're, we're trying to see, okay, can, how well, how, at what speed does the hitter's eye uh, and body not move as fast? Are they a little slow? Um, and then from there we can say, okay, now at what speed do we start to lose the ability to see spin? There's a couple of training devices I've messed around with, but really the, the most, uh, like the easiest one is just kind of grabbing a ball and having two different spins an odd spin and an even spin and seeing if they can recognize it with me just standing there, tossing it to them and then backing up and pitching it to them and seeing if they can recognize it. Um, and if they can see the difference in spin, that's usually a good indication, like, okay, we're, we're on the right track. And then the next thing, it's really not necessarily an assessment, but um, I'm usually asking before the pitch even comes in, what are your eyes doing? Are they relaxed? Are they staring? Are they, you know, if during, you know, I even have the parents sometimes videotape during pressure situations. If you see, if they'll get like almost not bug-eyed, but like you almost see them get wide-eyed during pressure or like that in, intense uh, look. So we try to relax, not just the face and, you know, we want the whole body to relax, but I really do think that starts with, okay, well, your, your focus needs to be relaxed. And if, if potentially the first time you're seeing that image, it's the most high definition of that image you're seeing, like we need to be able to comfortably scan our eyes and not just be staring in one spot pre-pitch. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely talk about that a lot. And, and really that's, that's something you have to practice, which is what we'll try to incorporate in our training then. Yeah, what you're describing with the spin of the ball is what we call dynamic visual acuity. So we have Mm -hmm. static visual acuity, which everyone thinks about, right? When we have them cover an eye and look at a white chart with a black background, and you're just sitting there. And it's a great measure of if you can see clearly, but that's not how our world is. And especially for an athlete, their visual world is incredibly dynamic, especially for a hitter. Um, So we will test for if there's any image degradation with movement. So say someone is 20-20, right? That's quote unquote perfect vision. But if we start to move them, have them move their head or start to move a chair and then their acuity drops to 20-25 or 20-30, that's probably your athlete that can't pick up the spin. And then we have to work on improving their dynamic visual acuity and how do we get there? And I'm I'm loving this conversation of like your approach and how like we (laughs) see it in office. It's so cool. One big thing that we really look for is that how accurate is their depth perception. Everybody has a visual posture. So no one's eyes are completely straight, especially uh, in different situations. And there's usually a tendency to turn out a little bit or to turn in. And the key is that, can we compensate for that? And do we have good visual spatial awareness? And does that match? So what that means is, okay, the, the ball is coming in and from 60 feet away, right? And then 
can we accurately gauge where that's coming? And the way that we test for this is with a simple string. It's called the Brock string with three beads on it. And we'll put the hitter in their hitting stance and say, okay, we see the red bead at this distance. And we'll say to them, where does the string on the bead meet that bead? And if there is any slip in their system in terms of their visual spatial awareness, say the hitter might say, uh, the string is in front of that red bead. That's an indication to us that they're seeing things in space closer than they are. So this might be a hitter that swings early every single time. Mm -hmm. And alternatively, if they see that string meeting behind that bead, that's a person that's going to be late on the pitch every time. So we look at it like, okay, now we know that there's a visual spatial mismatch. Let's fix it. And oftentimes their hitting will improve because they're able to pick up where that ball is more accurately in space. That's incredible. And you know what we, you know, from a pitching standpoint, you know, the increase in miles an hour decreases batting average, but when you look at the world series or you look at the best of best in our sport, everybody's throwing fast. So, and you know what I mean? Eventually the best hitters will catch up. There's a lot of really cool technology that's come out for hitters that measures bat quickness. So essentially um, bat speed is, is a great thing, right? But if you, um, if you can swing 70 miles an hour, but it takes you 0.2 seconds to complete that swing, it's not, it's too, it takes too long. It's too long of a swing. So it would be interesting for the hitters who are, uh, you know, and intuitively we do this hitters who are perpetually late. We say, okay, I'm capping you. You, you have to get your swing done in 0.15 seconds because you need more time to interpret the pitch. Essentially um, you like, we can't have this big swing. Cause you're going to have to decide when the ball's out there, essentially that you have to swing. And that's just going to lead to your bat ball. Accuracy is going to be off. You're going to be swinging at pitches. You don't want to be swinging at. So it's interesting to think that simultaneously with correcting their visual spatial awareness that would be interesting to then combine it with what their body's actually physically capable of and saying well shoot we're in the middle of season maybe we have to uh we're gonna or maybe we're gonna adjust the bat that you're using maybe we're gonna adjust a little bit about your stance and make you a little bit quicker so that you can be afforded a little bit more time to interpret that pitch potentially um if you need it that that is very cool that's another approach again to helping the hitters because pitching is only getting better. I see it. I see it happening in our building all the time. And I, I feel so bad for our hitters. <laughs> that dang Velo university there is causing some problems with your, your hitters, Cassie, he's making you look bad. I mean, as it is, as it is, if you bat 300, that's a phenomenal batting average. You're going to the hall of fame. That means you're failing 70% of the time. That's like, that's like you taking a test, getting a 30 and being like, oh, thank goodness. Like that's a really hard test, right? <laughs> Right. right. That's, that's a crazy statistic. Those poor hitters out there. I know. I know. <laughs> but I bet, I bet if you, um, you know, had depth perception checked on a lot of those hitters you're describing that are a little late, I, I bet they'd have a little slip in their visual system and that's changing their depth perception and affecting where they hit. And, you know, that's something that can be trained and worked on. You can, you know, teach the two eyes how to work together as a team better through training. And that subsequently will then lead to increased and better depth perception. So you're perceiving things where they actually are in space. That's incredible. That definitely beats what I was trying to do at 20. I think I was 21 or 22. I took an eye chart and I was putting it at the back of the batting cage and I was asking my hitters, I'm like, can you still see that? Can you read that? And then I move it in a little bit. I mean, it, I honestly abandoned it because I was just kind of 
trying to mess around with stuff of my own, but <laughs> I, I like your guys' approach better. It seems a lot smarter. <laughs> Listen, I think that you're a pioneer that, you know, the visual skills are even on your radar because not a lot of uh, trainers and coaches are really thinking about this piece yet. And it really is, you know, so crucial and important, as you can tell from our conversation, vision really plays a part in every single role, especially in, in a game like baseball or softball, where really no matter what position you're playing in, your visual skills have to be on point. Uh, honestly, the just to that to that point, how it kind of dictates everything. I I I think it really hit me when I I was playing at the World Series and I was looking at there's eight teams left in the country and I was looking around and I said everybody here has a really good swing, everybody every single person, but not everybody's playing. You have some people playing and some people sitting on the bench and not everyone's batting well, right? You have some people who are batting a hundred and some people are batting much much better than that. Um, so I, it made me think, well, you know, it's what's that alarm that goes off in my head when the girl's pitching and I know it's a changeup before she releases it. Right. And, and I, I've read about chunking or how your your brain can kind of interpret uh, a movement, I guess, from afar. You're not necessarily just seeing the ball, but you're seeing a slight change in the background of how the, the body is moving. And that's kind of setting an alarm off. And um, even Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, where he talks about how impressive our subconscious is in that split second decision, I, I think there's so much more to vision than what we're actually very conscious of uh, to like all this that's working in the background um, of what makes it a high end athlete, high end or what makes a, a, a just an athlete very impressive, even at the younger ages. Yeah, to your point with with vision and seeing those little things, there was a study done on, uh, I think it was soccer players and what set soccer players apart, uh, the good soccer players versus the not so good soccer players. And it wasn't that the the soccer players that were excellent weren't actually watching the soccer ball. They were watching their opponent's hips and they were watching how their hips were moving. And that was giving a, going to give them the indication of where the ball was going. So to your point, you're picking up something that the pitcher is doing. You're not even looking at the ball. You're looking at that arm. You're looking at the shoulder. You're looking, you're picking up all these little things to really give you the indication, do I swing or not? Right? Because that's the decision. It's you're, you're looking for a reason not to swing because you're going up there. You want to swing, right? That, that's exactly. it. And you're looking for some indication to not, and having that control is what I, I think from my standpoint sets apart a good hitter from a great hitter. Mm -hmm. That's that's, I'm so happy you said that because a lot of times people think they're making two decisions at the plate. If it's a strike, I swing. If it's a ball, I take the decision to swing is already made. You are only having to make the one decision to take. And even that's like one of the biggest things that I'll even train in the cage is we'll say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do that even spin, odd spin, right? You're going to hit the even spin. You're going to take the odd spin. And most of the time, the hitters who are successful with it, it's not that they have this supreme visual skill. It's the fact that they have, instead of saying, okay, if it's this, if it's that, they have just said even spin even spin in anything else they're taking, right? They, they're, they're focusing on that one thing and it's such a high level of clarity. They're, they're very calm at the, at the top there. It's, um, it's really cool to see. And I think when you simplify, you know, that reaction and decision-making down to that level, I really do. I like that. I like, we're big fans of keeping things simple and, mm. you know, that really resonates with us and makes a lot of sense. And a lot of what you're describing too, with, you know, trying to focus on the ball, obviously, but being aware of the picture too, is we kind of call um, central peripheral awareness and integration because our visual system can't really just get locked in and attend to just one thing. 
especially a hitter in a baseball game. You have to, yes, be very focused on the task at hand, but peripherally be aware of everything else going on on the field too. You have to be aware of what's going on on the other bases where the other runners are and, and watch the pitcher's body language too. Um, and that's definitely a skill that, that can be worked on and learned also. Not everyone has great central peripheral integration. Some people in stressful situations kind of get tightened and locked up the mental posture and body posture translates to your eyes and it makes your eyes kind of over converge and pull in and you get almost like tunnel vision where then you can't really see what else is happening around you mm. so that's a, a really important skill for baseball players too it's a great point that's incredible yeah because i'll tell you what there there were times where i felt like the ball looked this big and you'll hear hitters say this they looks this big it's a beach ball it looks like it's moving slow and then there, there are other times where i felt like i was trying to hit a marble in the dark uh, and I was just always so, so humbled and so impressed by the power of, of how those two kind of affected athletes. Yeah, absolutely. So Nick and I spoke up a lot last week with pitching and the importance of visualization, uh, because pitchers have to do the same thing over and over and over again, really, really, really well. And for your hitters, do you use any visualization techniques for them? Is that something that you incorporate with your hitters? A hundred percent. I actually think uh, that was my greatest uh, unfair advantage, if you will. I called it unfair because I, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people, I played nine years ago and I don't think a lot of people were openly talking about this, but the I was, I was, I was physically hurt a lot. So I wasn't able to get as many swings in as I wanted to in practice. And I remember sitting there being like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I was like, well, if I, what if I thought about getting those swings in? What if I like sat there and really tried to visualize every, or if I was only allowed 30 swings, what if I made them the highest quality swings I could possibly make them? So I think the biggest thing I try to teach my hitters is it's a skill that needs to be practiced visualization. And if you stop practicing it, it's going to be harder to access the power of it, I feel. And, you know, I think some people used to see me laying down with my eyes closed and thinking I was meditating, but really it's a much more, I guess meditation can really be whatever you want it to be, but it was, to me, it was more of a, uh, uh, active participation of, of my entire central nervous system. It was not trying to relax it. It was trying to almost heighten, uh, these feelings and, and this awareness. So, um, I, I try to incorporate my hitters at first. We'll, we'll try to just be as quiet as possible, as still as possible. I try to just get them to focus on what it feels like to stand in the batter's box in a game. And that's, and just that without getting distracted by their brain getting pulled somewhere else is super powerful. And then once we can get there, I say, okay, can you see a pitcher? And they'll be like, yeah. And then I ask, actually ask them to describe what type of pitcher they want to be facing. And it's interesting because I think the more that they you know, they'll open their eyes, they'll talk to me and then they close their eyes and they'll, they'll go back to it. And I, you know, just like a drill, like they might have their program at home designed for um, this particular drill, five, five reps, this particular drill, five reps. And at the end it's visualization hit, uh, hitting 10 reps. And it's all it is, is they're supposed to take a step out, step in with their eyes closed. And they're trying to visualize everything around them as far as what that's going to be like in a game. And then they have to open their eyes and swing. So it's, 10 of the highest quality type swings. And I've had some hitters come back to me and say, you know what, this is really challenging and it's, it's definitely hard for them. And I have other hitters who are extremely empowered by it. They feel like they've had such a hard time being able to put themselves in pressure situations and calm themselves down in a game and that they can almost practice those feelings prior to getting there. Wonderful. No, I think visualization is such an incredible technique for 
not only athletes, but just in general, and it has spillover into real life as well. Just to kind of wrap it up, as a hitter and a successful one at that, what give us like two or three of your tips from a visual perspective to be a successful hitter? Honestly, I would at least just say the awareness is the first step. I I remember just trying to be aware of almost eye fatigue. Uh, I would study for a test on a Monday if I knew I was playing on a Friday so that my eyes wouldn't be tired from staying up late and reading on a Thursday. And, and I don't know if that was, I wasn't reading research, but in just intuitively, I felt myself a little fatigued on a Friday night game. It was, it was at night. I had been up all day. It, it, it just, just that awareness of protecting your eyes and knowing how important they are for your ability. We, we ice our bodies. We do all these things to make sure our wrist feels fine. Our ankles taped all this stuff. We neglect potentially the most important part of our body sometimes. So I think just the awareness of, of, of that is key. And then as far as hitting goes, um, I, I really do think that visual, like practicing the visualization and practicing uh, that relaxed face, because I think if that, that face and um, Ted Williams actually wrote a book, Ted Williams played a really long time ago and he talked about eye breathing. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this. He was, it's, it's, it's called the science of hitting. And he tried, he was trying so hard to try to figure out the body and the swing before anybody was ever doing it. And he mentioned eye breathing and I could have hugged the book because it was, your eyes are almost so relaxed that your focus is almost like a, like a breath. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And he's one of the best hitters to ever play. So just that relaxed eye breathing, if you will, would be my tip. (laughs) I love that. I think those are really great tips for any players out there that are listening. And I know that we learned so much from our conversation today with you. We're so excited you're able to join us and just tell our listeners how they can find you if they want to learn and hear more. Absolutely. So uh, we have Athletes Warehouse on our Instagram, and then we also have Softball Strength Academy on our Instagram as well. That's at Softball Strength Academy, and that's really where I post a lot about hitting and uh, all things related to uh, the swing. So be on the lookout for a couple of courses coming from Nick and I from Velo University and Softball Strength Academy, because we are trying to, I think, um, same as you guys, a passion for sharing information. And so that's those are Instagram is our platform right now, which we are utilizing. Wonderful. And I'll link all of that. And for our listeners, just so you know, you can work with Cassie and Nick, who was on last week virtually. This is the wonderful thing about 2021 is that we can all be connected. So even if you're listening to this and you're in California, you can access Cassie and her, all of her knowledge. Uh, so be sure to check her out. And Cassie, thank you again for all of your knowledge. You are amazing. Gosh, you guys are incredible. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Follow us at Twin Forks Optometry on Facebook and Instagram. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.